Wow, thank you, Sarah. I could sit and listen to Sarah sing all day. She's so beautiful. And, you know, I just, Mike and I were just sitting there, and we really feel that someone's received their healing just been by being ministered in worship and in song today. That someone's grief has been, and someone's sorrow has been turned into praise. The garments of despair, God has dressed you with the garments of praise. Amen. Receive that. God is moving. It's beautiful. Well, it's a real privilege to speak to you this morning. We're uh, in, a, in our Christmas series. I love this time of year. And our Christmas series is called Wonder Still in Awe. And you know, I, it is my prayer that all of us would never lose the wonder of the greatest story ever told. We'd never lose the wonder. We would never lose the awe of our heavenly Father who saw us in our mess Sinners in need of a saviour, son Jesus, to be born into this world, to be rejected and despised, to die on a cross for you and I. Why? Because he wants relationship with us. Why? Because in Jesus, our past can be forgiven. We can have a new life in him and we can have an eternal. And I love that Jaden, if you were here last week, he spoke of an awesome message that Jesus is the saviour that never left. And I think the beautiful song that Sarah sang reminds us that Jesus is Emmanuel. He is with us still. He is with us in every high and in every low moment. Amen. That is also good news. And I love that Jaden put a challenge to us. And he said, I wonder what life would have in store if we chose to live in wonder and in awe. I want to live in wonder and in awe. You know, I think one of the things that robs us, that robs me of living in wonder and awe is sometimes our questions, sometimes our unanswered questions. And I want to come around the thought today that regardless of the questions that we might ask, whether through fear or disbelief or the difficult situations, we can know that Jesus is still the answer. We can live in wonder and awe because he is still the answer. And I want to come around the story of Mary this morning and Mary receiving the unexpected news of And I believe they're questions that we ask too. <laughs> and she had an incredible faith that she displayed. Let's read together. It's uh, in your notes or on the screen. From Luke chapter 1, 26 to 38. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town named Joseph, the house of the house of David, the virgin's name was Mary, and the angel came to her and said, Greetings, favoured woman, the Lord is with you. But she was deeply troubled by this statement, wondering what kind of greeting this could be. Then the angel told her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favour with God. Now listen, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Most High, the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. We think we have questions. Try this one for size. Mary asked the angel, How can this be, since I have not had sexual relations with a man? The angel replied, the Holy Spirit came, will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And consider your relative Elizabeth. Even she has conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month for her who was called childless. This is for someone this morning. For nothing will be impossible with God. 
I am the Lord's. And the angel left her. Let's pray. Father, we just still our hearts in your presence this morning. We're so grateful that you are still with us. Lord, let our hearts be open to the wonder and the awe of the greatest story ever told. And Lord, I pray that as your word goes forth, Lord, it would bring encouragement to our hearts this Christmas time. And Father God, I ask for a a new sense of faith and trust in you, Lord, even when we don't have all the information and we don't have all the answers, that you are good and you are faithful. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, we all have questions, don't we? I know I have questions. One of my questions is, why is abbreviation such a long word? What was the best thing before sliced bread? Why is it called a building if it's already been built? One of the questions I have is, why on earth does sour cream have an expiry date? Go figure. (laughs) Why do we have noses that run and feet that smell? If nothing moves. Why is it that Teflon, it 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 is non-stick? And I'm like, well, how do they get Teflon to stick to the pan? And I also have a question that if... (laughs) I have so many questions. Do you have questions? Sentence in the English language that perhaps I do is the longest. Just kidding. (laughs) Oh, questions. I am a mum to three kids under 11, and I field my fair share of questions every day. Any other parents in here like that? Grandparents, aunties, uncles? And uh, most of those questions begin with why? Why? And as hard as I try, I can't always give them the answers that they want to hear. Why, mum, do I have to eat all my vegetables? Why can I not watch the iPad all day? Why, mum, can I not have chocolate for breakfast? Oh, that answer is easy, because your mother ate it the night before. (laughs) Don't judge me, but I am the mum who ate the whole block of caramel chocolate that was supposed to go in a teacher's Christmas present gift, and all she got was a mug. (laughs) I hope she enjoys that mug, because I enjoyed the chocolate. You know, with my kids, sadly, because I said so, doesn't seem to cut it. In fact, the older they get, the more apparent that is. Because I said so, just doesn't work. And don't get me wrong, you know, we should encourage our kids to ask questions. I fa- in fact, that's a wonderful way to gain understanding and, and wisdom and an appreciation of someone else's world. And in this passage that we've just read, you know, Mary, she's busy loving God, Honoring all of a sudden, an angel comes and turns those wedding plans on its head. It changes everything. You know, and as we look at Mary receiving the news of her pregnancy, we're going to see that she asked a couple of questions that she needed to know before she leapt in boots and all. You know, a bit of context, Mary is understood to have only been in her mid-teens when the angel came to visit her. Wow, a teenager. You know, she was in the process of getting married. The normal period for that uh, time was between six to 12 months. So we can assume that maybe she was around six months out from her big day. Mary's getting ready. It's the guest list, the dress, the invites, you know, the big ticket items that she's trying to push past her dad. Yes, I've done that too. You know, she's getting ready. She's minding her own business when Gabriel comes 
and puts those plans oh, in a different direction. The angel says, greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Now, I don't know about you, but when someone calls me and says, congratulations, Amy, you've won something amazing. You've been successful. You've been chosen to receive a prize. I am quite a gullible person, suspicious. I'm asking the question, what's the catch? Even before I hear, I hear what they wanna say to me. You know, parents of teenagers, can you relate to this? Mom, you're the best mum in the world. There is no one like you. Even if that's true, you're like, what do you want? <laughs> and normally it will involve the car keys or the credit card. <laughs> so you can understand that Mary is a little concerned when the angel says, Mary, you're going to be with child. And she's like, what? Yeah. Having a child outside of marriage was against God's law. In fact, the keepers of the law could have even pushed for her to be stoned. Betrothal was considered marriage. And so for Mary, if that fact was true, that she was with child, there were huge consequences that were going to lay ahead of her. So many, but I think the greatest would have been to lose the love of her life and the opportunity to be married. You know, the first question that Mary asks is not one she verbalizes, but I think we can read between the lines. It is recorded in Luke 1.29, and Mary wondered, and Mary wondered what kind of greeting this could be. You know, when God calls us to follow him, I believe many of us will ask this similar, same question. In your notes, number one, I believe her wondering can be summarized, is Jesus worth it? Is Jesus worth it? You know, I've heard it said that there are three, three phrases of Christmas, peace on earth, goodwill to all men, and batteries not included. If only we were given our job and our mission and our assignment with everything laid out done easy. But we know that that's just not reality. Following Jesus is sometimes not that easy. Has God ever asked you to do something that involved giving something up, giving someone up? Has God ever asked you to move cities? Has God ever asked you, many of you here today, to move countries? Has God ever asked you to change jobs and career, maybe move home, do an about turn and follow a different calling that has made you ask the question, Jesus, are you worth it? I know I've asked that question. Five years ago, almost, was when God spoke to Mike and I about moving back to Whangarei. We uh, had been away for 15 years and didn't have any intention of coming back here. But God had other plans, and he spoke to us. And he spoke to me, especially in what seemed a really inconvenient time. I was 30 weeks pregnant with our third child. If you've heard my story, I was deeply depressed and struggling to sleep and just to look after myself. And I was like, God, Jesus, are you worth it? God spoke to me out of 2 Corinthians 12, 9, and he said, Amy, my grace is sufficient for you. He said, my power is actually perfected in your weakness. Wow, Mary was told the same thing. The Holy Spirit will make this work. The Holy Spirit will empower you. Mary was not left on her own, and neither are we. You know, Mary needed to know the answer to this question that so many of us here today are asking, maybe asking this question right now. My world is about to change. I'm about to do an about face and, and follow a new calling. 
Gabriel, I've got to know. God, I've got to know. Is Jesus worth it? And I love the angel's response to Mary in Luke 1.30. He says, don't be afraid, Mary. You've found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Wow, is Jesus worth it? Yes, he is. I'm here to tell someone this morning that Jesus is worth it. You know, we read the outcome. We can read the end of the conversation because Jesus, everything that the angel said about Jesus came true. And Mary, for the next 33 years, she would watch as day after day those promises came to pass. I've heard a preacher once say that Jesus, that, sorry, Mary was the only person present at the birth, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus. What a mission to sign up to. And there was certainly some heartache to endure. In fact, Simeon, Simeon the prophet, as Mary and Joseph went to the temple and Mary, a sword will pierce your very soul. Imagine seeing your son flogged and beaten and crucified. Yet that wasn't the end of the story. Mary got to see Jesus resurrected and ascending into heaven. And maybe, just maybe, do you think she got the answer to her question? Over 33 years, she would have asked this question, and day by day, miracle after miracle, she was given her answer. The water turning into wine, the blind eyes open, the lame walking, the dead rising again, the sins of humanity paid for by the selfless act of her son Jesus dying on the cross. Is Jesus worth it, Mary? Is Jesus worth it, my friend? Yes, he is. Giving your life to him is worth more than anything else in this world. I love Paul's encouragement to us in Philippians. He says, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I've discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ. Amen. Is Jesus worth it? Yes, he is. And the second question that Mary asks, it's a tough one. And I believe that there are many of us here who are asking this question today. Number two in your notes, can God do this? I think Mary, like most of us, when faced with an impossible situation, many of us have asked, can you do this, God? You know, some things in life just don't make sense. Why do bad things happen to good people? Why do good things happen to bad people? But just because we don't have the answers doesn't mean we shouldn't ask the questions. And the questions that we wrestle with, the most challenging things in our lives, you know, we ask, can, can you do this, God? And I think we ask that question because if we're really honest, it's about our frailty as humans and the fact that we can't do it. We can't do it in our own strength, in our own ability. You have felt inadequate as a boss, as a husband or a wife, as a leader, as a follower of Jesus. You know, there are days when I try to take it on my, all on me and I you know, 15 years ago, we were struggling with infertility. We were struggling to have the family that we have today. And I can remember asking that question. Excuse me. 
the last six months, I've struggled quite badly with sleeplessness. And I've, had to, I've asked that question, God, can you do this again? And I share that because Mike and I are not immune from facing some difficulties in our lives. But I believe that when we ask this question, God, can you do this? That God actually asks us another question. And he says, will you trust me? Will you trust me? Even when you don't have the answers, even when you don't understand why things are turning out the way they are, will you trust me? You see, Mary goes on to respond like we should when God asks us to partner with him on mission, on a mission impossible. And I love that Mary is witness, witness to another impossible situation. Her older cousin Elizabeth and Zachariah are about to have a child. Now, this is a may believe it. And he asks the same question. He's like, how is this possible? He questions whether God can do it. And isn't it so true that we often question God and give a list of reasons why things won't happen? <laughs> I know I do. I'm too old to conceive. I'm not good enough. I'm not spiritual enough. I'm not qualified enough. And I think maybe, just maybe, Mary, God called Mary to be the mother of Jesus. Even though she still had questions, I believe it was because she had a willingness to say yes to God. She had an incredible faith. What Zechariah lacked, Mary found. She had faith in God's promises. In Luke 1, 36 to 38, in the message translation, I love how Mary responds to the news that her cousin Elizabeth is going to conceive. And Mary says, yes, I see it now. I am the Lord's maid, ready to serve. Let it be with me, just as you say. Mary was saying, I don't have all the answers, but I trust you. Lord, I trust you. And I just, my prayer and my challenge to you is, can we be courageous like Mary? When we don't have all the answers to our questions, can we say, I'm going to trust you, God? God, if you've said it, then it's going to happen. That's good enough for me. You know, I stand here today, I've got a breakthrough. Just two weeks ago, I started sleeping properly. And it's been a long time that God is good and that we can trust him. And even when we don't have the answers to our questions, you know, if the team would like to come. Something I've learned over the last few years, the five years that we've been here, is I've had to learn to ask better questions. You know, often I would start with, God, can you do this? God, why is this happening? And I've had to learn to ask how, what, and who? Lord, how do you want me to respond? Lord, what do you want me to learn from this? And Lord, who do you want me to reach, serve, and influence? Because our stories can be a testimony to others, to testify to God's goodness and his glory. You know, imagine, my friends, if we're a community of believers, who learn to just keep it real with God. God is not afraid of our questions, but learn to ask the right questions. You know, Jesus is still the answer. And every question, I believe, ultimately points us back to him. You know, I want to also say that Mary did the very thing that we need to. She went and found a friend. She went to her cousin, Elizabeth. She went to a woman who was wise wise in years, and she went to a woman who had received an impossible miracle. And I want to say that's what we need to do too. 
you know, I was just talking with someone in our church who leads a small group here. And she was just sharing with me some of the difficulties that members of her group have experienced this year. And 2019 hasn't been an easy year. There's been death of loved ones, family members. There's been sickness and difficulties. And yet she was able to say, but Amy, we've got each other's back. We're doing life together. We're encouraging one another. We are praying for one another. We are standing in the gap for each other. That's what God is calling us to do. (coughs) They were finding freedom together. One of my favorite moments um, of scripture is when Mary, she goes straight away to visit her cousin Elizabeth. And when she arrives, the Bible tells us that Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit. And she begins to prophesy. And she says, blessed are you, Mary, and blessed is the child that you will bear. And she goes on to say these words to Mary, and it's a scripture that I've held very close to my heart. And it's in Luke 1, 45. And Elizabeth says, blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has promised will be fulfilled. Blessed are you, my friends, when you believe His word is true and His word is good and His promises we can stand upon even when we don't have all the information, even when we don't have all the answers. You know what? We can trust God because Jesus is always the answer. You know, we might not see the promise, but others do. That is the value of a small group, of doing life together. As people stood in the gap for us for many years, believing for our miracle children, do you know that I now stand in the gap for others? God is so incredible because over 15 years, without fail, the Holy Spirit has brought couple upon couple upon couple across our path. Because we have seen God do a miracle for us. And I have an incredible faith to believe for others. Your story can be such an encouragement to other people. What you have been through, someone else will be going through the same thing. And I think of all of the couples that we've been able to minister to and bless and see so many of them receive their miracle. Was it always in the way they had expected? No. Was it, was it always in their time frame? No. But it was trusting in God's goodness and the faithfulness of His promise that blessed are those who believe that what the Lord has said will be fulfilled. Amen. As we approach a new decade, a new year, would we be like a and we would be, would we be like Mary, who though she didn't have all the answers and all the information, she had an incredible faith in God. An incredible faith in God. She believed that Jesus was worth it, and she believed that God could do it. That's my challenge and encouragement to us, and will we believe that God can do it? You know, I believe there's a question that we will all be asked one day. And that question is, what have you done with my son Jesus? What have you done with my son Jesus? Is he just a historical figure? Is he a good teacher? Is he a good man? Or is he your Lord and your Saviour? Is he your Lord and your Saviour? You know, we've all messed up, as I've said, we've all sinned, and that sin has separated us from God. But God had a plan. He had a rescue plan. He loved us so much that he sent his son Jesus to die on a cross to take the punishment that we deserved upon himself to make us right with God again. You know, the gift of salvation is the most beautiful gift you will ever receive. It is a gift 
received by grace through faith in Jesus. And I just want to extend that opportunity to people here this morning that maybe have never surrendered their life to Christ or maybe have walked away from God. I want to say today's, and I don't for a moment want to Yeah, I don't for a moment want to say that those questions, they're real. And don't be afraid to ask them because God can handle it. But you know what? You need to take a step. And I believe there's people here this morning that your next step is to surrender your life. Make Jesus your Lord and your Savior. The three things will happen when you do. Your past will be forgiven. You'll receive a new life today and a hope for your future. So I just want to lead us in a prayer. And we love to pray that together here at Elam for the benefit of those who want to make this the prayer of their heart. We're just going to bow our eyes, bow our heads, sorry, and close our eyes. And we're going to pray together. And if you pray this prayer from your heart, God will hear you and save you from your sin. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and the Savior of this world. Today, I make you Jesus, the Lord of my life. I believe you died for me to forgive my sin. I believe you rose again to give me life. Please forgive me. Be my Lord and Savior. And if you prayed that prayer, can I ask you to take one step of faith? And on the count of three, I'd love to ask you to put up your hand so that I can see. We've just got a team down the back that will spot your hand because we'd love to help you on this journey of following Jesus. So you ready? One, God loves you. Two, he's got a great plan for your life. Three, put up your hand if you said yes to Jesus today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you that you are working on hearts today. Father, I thank you for every person here, Lord, that has questions that are hard to answer. Father God, that has, Lord, questions in their heart, the Lord, that, Lord, they're hard and difficult. Father God, we just bring them before you now. Father, we pray that you would minister to them. We pray that they would be able to answer these questions today that, Lord, you are worth it, and, Lord, you can do it. And I continue to ask for healing, Lord, and those, Father God, that have areas, physical areas, emotional areas, Lord, I just thank you that you are moving. Father, that you are still with us, that you're Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. And, Father, I thank you, Lord, that what seems impossible to us is, is possible for you. And so, Lord, I just lift the needs of my beautiful family to you. And I pray that you would bless them and strengthen their faith this Christmas time. In Jesus' name, amen.